Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. And I got a call from a doctor three days later. When are you coming back? And I said, well, a week from Monday. Well, you might consider coming back a little bit sooner. I was freaking out, talked to my assistant, Raina, and Raina said, Jamie, go take care of your mom. Don't worry about it. We got your back. Today on episode 579 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO and founder of Bottleneck Distant Assistance, Jamie J. I'm going to ask Jamie how you can create a company culture that will give you the foundation to grow and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Jamie along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Jamie J. Jamie is the founder and managing director of Bottleneck Distant Assistance. Jamie has been sourcing distant assistance from the Philippines since 2006. Bottleneck Distant Assistance is a team of remote-based professionals dedicated to assisting ambitious leaders to identify, hire, and cultivate remote team members. Jamie is currently writing his first book, Quit Repeating Yourself. The book celebrates the effort for building sustainable growth into your business model that explores the intersections of culture, leadership, systems, processes, workflows, recruiting, and hiring. Jamie, welcome back to Smashing the Plateau. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) It's great to have you on. First of all, congratulations on writing your first book, Quit Repeating Yourself. This is really exciting. I know you and I have been talking about this for a while. Let's start off by talking about what's behind the the whole concept of writing this book. Why did you write it? Again, thank you so much for having me. The reason I wrote this book was uh, actually to get a lot of what was in my head out. I found that people were asking me questions and I kept answering the same things over and over again. And I thought, man, I should just write a book. (laughs) That thought came into my head about four years ago. (laughs) And uh, it finally came to fruition. I was uh, fortunate enough to meet someone kind enough to introduce me to New Degree Press, which is a hybrid publisher that I formed a relationship with. And and they've been amazing to work with and helped me finally get my thoughts down onto paper and have kept me encouraged along the way. And, And yeah, it's been a long time in coming, I think. But basically, I kind of opened up everything that we did here at Bottleneck and uh, kind of shared the systems that we built, the processes, workflows, how we hire somebody, the recruiting process we're going through. And then I also talk about our leadership principles and, of course, the culture that we have, we've managed to really thrive with, with a distributed workforce. Who's the intended audience for the book? I know you said you wrote it because you kept getting asked the same questions and you thought, well, I should just write this all down and share it. But who's the intended audience for the book? Well, I think the intended audience is, is either new or veteran entrepreneurs. So people that are are either looking to start their, their business and start it the right way, in my opinion, or those seasoned professionals or entrepreneurs that have been doing uh, business and they they just can't seem to break that seven figure mark or whatever that goal is that they're trying that objective they're trying to get to. It's like that definition of insanity, you know. Mm-hmm. They keep doing the same things, hoping for different results. And I think with this book, 
we don't go into sales and marketing, which is obvious for growing your business. You, you definitely need that out there. But there's so many more people out there more qualified, both in sales and in marketing. And there's just a million unbelievable books out there. But I didn't see any books out there that incorporated the three parts that we had in this book, which was culture and leadership, systems, processes, and then recruiting and hiring. And in my opinion, those are the most important aspects of a business to establish a foundation. And so to answer your question, I think anybody that's having challenges existing veteran business owners, they might be able to look at this and say, wow, I I missed that. Or, you know, maybe there's one thing that they don't think of that they might be able to find in this that's really helped me and and uh, our business here. And that's that's who it's for. So either new or veteran business owners, entrepreneurs. If you're a new business owner, what would be different in the way you might approach what's in the book versus somebody who has been an owner for a long time? So a lot of people, <laughs> I've never seen a business plan fail on paper, ever ever. It's never failed on paper. But when you put that business plan into action, it's like, oops, <laughs> uh, this isn't going to work. I think we better shut our doors. And the, the reason a lot of that happens is because of a lack of culture, the leadership. I'm not knocking anybody with a failed business. I think it's good to go through that because of what you learn. But I think there's a lot of things that I've learned in my failed businesses, plural, mm-hmm. that have really taught me the importance of, of culture first and, and being a, a good leader, leading with kindness. And I, and I go into specifics about that. But then also do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. In other words, quit repeating yourself. And if you do something as if it's the last time you're going to do it, that's the basic understanding of systems and processes and workflows for that matter. Uh, it could be something as simple as scheduling a time on your calendar, scheduling a meeting on your calendar. What are the steps that you go through? Well, document that. Write it down step by step. And as you grow and that starts beginning, you know, one of those things that are really, that's really important, you have to get it done, but you're not really generating income scheduling an appointment. So eventually you can bring somebody on to support you. And guess what? You already have your systems, your processes, your workflows in particular for that specific task done so that you can hand that off to somebody. They can go in and make sure that you have the confidence to know that they're going to be doing it right. And you just got to give it to them once. You don't have to keep repeating yourself over and over and over again, or not have the confidence knowing whether or not they've done it correctly. Have they done it correctly? Have they followed up with me? Have, have they said, yeah, I scheduled this appointment for you? You know, it's not left out in the ether of the world there. So that's probably... Yeah, in order, those are probably the two most important things for a new business owner. And then the third thing is, once you start getting busy, you start realizing this. And I learned this from a very smart person, how to hire somebody. And you look for 75%. uh, Can they complete 75% of the tasks that you want to delegate to them? That and you get along with them, they're doing good. And just know that the other 25% is going to come back around and surprise you. And that very, very smart person was you. And uh, we actually talk about that in the book. And I talked about our conversation that we had for that. So once you start getting your systems in place, you're going to start scaling, you're going to start growing, and you're going to need some support. But it's really important during the recruiting, the hiring process that you hire for the right fit. And uh, we've all been there where we've we've mishired. With me hiring over a thousand people in the last fifteen years, I've learned a thing or two about the process. And it's still there's no magical, simple button or easy button to get this done. 
you have to kind of there's but there are some things that you can do to set yourself up for success so that um, you can minimize the risk of mishiring. So whether you're starting a business for the first time or you've been in business for a long time and you are at a plateau and you're looking to break through in some way, the topics that you're covering, culture, leadership, systems, processes, workflows, recruiting and hiring, they cover a lot, a lot of territory and they could seem overwhelming to try to address all at once. Is there an order in which you suggest people look at all of these elements and start to make some changes? 100%. And that's why we did it in three parts. So each of these could really be their own book. And there are other people out there that write each in each one of these. There's leadership books out there. There's culture books. There's workflow books. Look at uh, uh, David Jennings. I just had a great conversation with him. He wrote the book that was endorsed by Michael Gerber of E-Myth Revisited. I just talked with David Jennings uh, the other day, and he wrote a book called Systemology. It's all about systems. So each one of these can dive deep into it. My basic idea for each for, for this book is to, to take it in the order that it's laid out in the book, part one, part two, part three. And while I touch on the basic fundamentals of each of these different areas in business, you can really dive heavy into it and make them your own based on the simple instructions that I've laid out in the book and based on my experiences. So think of this book as a nice starting point or as a nice kind of, hey there, you're not going anywhere in your business. You've been working at it for a while. Some of these things might trigger something that you need to do. And then I show you kind of how to research each topic, how to go and dive deeper into those topics without me going into uber detail on them. So let's use culture as an example, since that's the first one. I know that also is a topic that you personally are very passionate about and spend, has spent a mm -hmm. lot of time studying and implementing. What are some of the barriers to having a culture that will help you grow? Well, if I could just back up a little bit there, there's there's plenty of barriers out there. And there's, there's a good culture, there's a, a great company culture, there's a mediocre company culture, and then there's the toxic company culture. But if I can back up from there, some of the barriers before I get into that, culture for me is all about behaviors. And obviously you have to have a positive behavior. <laughs> uh, that's That goes hopefully without saying for most, but oftentimes this is overlooked. And some of these barriers is that when you're going out there and, and culture is usually um, not necessarily just with a team, you may be a solopreneur out there, but your culture can be carried over into your vendors and for your clients and, and all of that. And, and you want to surround yourselves with people that have positive behaviors and maintain a similar core belief system that you do. Some of those barriers that are set is if you don't have your culture identified through a strong vision, an, a daily objectives uh, that we name, that we call a mission, your core values, and a provocative point of view, you're going to have a really hard time matching yourself up with vendors and clients and ultimate team members that you want to be working with that's going to be thriving uh, for a positive company culture. So some of those barriers may be if you don't have the vision, mission, core values, provocative point of view defined, 
those barriers are going to rear their ugly heads without you even knowing it. Because a lot of times people hire because they're so busy, I just need to get a body here and get this done and get this going. Or, you know what, I don't really do that kind of work, but I really need the work. So I'm going to take this client on board. And then it ends up causing a lot of pain. Um, You're doing a lot of extra work for a little bit of money and the client ends up getting upset at you and blah, blah, blah. It just, it's the snowball effect. And a lot of that has has to do with not having a good culture. Peter Drucker wrote the, you know, is noted for saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And it's so true. Strategy is super important when it comes to business. But if you don't have the culture to support that strategy, and we're talking about culture now, I want to reach out to clients and clients will back me up saying, wow, Jamie will do everything he can or bottleneck will do everything they can for me in order to fix this problem if it goes away. Because that's where you see the real relationships come into play. When things go wrong, some people, you know, tuck their tail and run. And we don't want to be that way. If there's going to be a problem, we want to fix it together and be there for them. Hopefully we don't experience too many problems, uh, but we've had challenges with you working in the past, but we've never left. We've always tried to be there to fix it to the best of our abilities. When you can kind of instill that within the team, within the culture, within the vendors, within the clients, and it starts building all up together as one, now you can really start launching those strategies and getting those systems put in place, knowing that either your vendors or your clients or your team has your back or has each other's back. So that's a big part of culture. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. So how do you describe the culture at Bottleneck? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joy. You know, I've, I've said this a couple times before, but and you know this, my mom passed away last March, and this was an incredible challenge. You can imagine my mom was my mom my whole life, right? And she was, uh, I just loved her with all my heart. She was, she was absolutely amazing. And in January of 2020, I had to go to California. I live in Springfield, Missouri. So you can imagine I wasn't really all there for the month of January and February. Mom was in and out of the hospital, mostly in the hospital, open heart surgery. It went into um, a care home, went back into the hospital. I mean, it was pretty chaotic. I came back because I had to work and I got a call from a doctor three days later saying, yeah, you, when are you coming back? And I said, well, a week from Monday, that's my, you know, well, you might consider coming back a little bit sooner. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, okay. So I took off and I was freaking out, talked to my assistant, Raina, and Raina said, Jamie, go take care of your mom. Don't worry about it. We got your back. And that to me speaks volumes because I was off for a month and six, seven weeks out of the first three months of the year, two and a half months of the year. And I came back to a company that was still rolling, still moving along. And that to me is culture. That is having systems in place. And that, and the other reason why you want to have systems in place is so that it gives the people that you're working with the confidence to take over and make yourself replaceable. Uh, that's the very reason for doing it. So that's an example of, of good company culture. Everybody's got everybody's back. And I would do that for anybody else in the company. Anybody else in the company would do that for anybody else in the company. Right. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And I love that. So I can't wait to see the finished copy. And um, <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you are. Um, and I actually want to talk to you a little bit about the process, because I know that uh, we've been friends for for some time, and I know you've talked about the idea of writing a book for a while, 
And once you finally started doing it, you described a little bit, described to me a little bit about the process. And um, I'd love to hear more about how it actually worked. You know, you, you said you didn't want to keep repeating yourself and you thought, why not get these these ideas down in writing? And you, I know you have a particular process that you used to create the book. Can you talk a little bit about it? Sure, yeah. And the quit repeating yourself was not only from me repeating myself to other people, but it was also about if I would give instructions for somebody on how to do something, you know, and I just told them, and then they may ask me a week later, hey, I forgot how to do that. If I didn't document it, you know, and say, have you checked the workflow on that? And they said, oh, yes, I did, but it wasn't there. And I'd say, okay, great. I forgot to do that. So that's another reference of what quit repeating uh, yourself means. Um, and as it, so, yeah, the journey started, it was really tough for me because uh, it's, I'm a terrible writer. <laughs> um, so I just kind of uh, just did a big brain dump and, and kind of answered the questions that other people had. And then I interviewed a lot of amazing people, including yourself, and talk about the our conversations uh, in the book. And that gave me over 30,000 words uh, that I got to talk about. I'm not quite done, but my manuscript was accepted. And that was the big part about it. Going through a publisher, it's not a 30-day or a 60-day thing and you're done. I mean, it's an eight-month-long journey. So you're, you're forming a partnership with this person for nearly a year of your life. The, the reason why I chose to go with New Degree Press is because they have a hybrid model. And what that means is many publishers now, many traditional publishers, if you go with them, it'll take about a year to get it out and all of that stuff. And, and they have the relationships with the distribution. That's the reason for going with the publisher. They can get you into the airports and the, you know, the bookstores and all that kind of stuff relatively easy. Uh, but you're responsible for all of your marketing. They don't do any of it. So you have to be there to sell your book. What I liked about New Degree Press was not only will they are they a, a full-blown publisher and they'll get us into the Ingrams and, and all of that stuff, but they also help you with the marketing aspect of it. They, you know, you get to meet, sit down and, and chat with these people and then they have coaches and they have acquisitions editors and they have review editors and they have just all these different uh, stages that you go through to help you kind of get there. In the beginning, you're just writing down and putting stuff into chapters. And then you're going to get to a certain time where they're going to start putting the chapters and formatting them and getting it closer to book. And then they're going to have somebody come in and review it and they're going to be editing. And so for the next four months, we're going through our revisions and our editing process, which means everything that I wrote, I've got to kind of rewrite. But it's nice because you've got that support right there. Whereas with the traditional publisher, you don't. You don't really have that. And if you're going to self-publish, which is great, you can get those knocked out in 30 or 60 days, but then you have to do everything yourself. And uh, for me, that would be kind of hard. I need a little a little push or a little nudge or, or somebody there saying, hey, Jamie, have you thought about doing it this way? Oh, that's a great idea. A little bit of a different perspective. And it made my thoughts look that much better. Uh, I'm the type of person that if I see a beautiful painting, I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful painting. But I would have never been able to paint that painting. So that's what I get out of New Degree Press. Yeah. No, it sounds like a great process. Once the book comes out, what's next? Yeah, someone, one of the coaches asked me, so for book number two, do you have any ideas? And I said, oh, no, 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 book number one is fine <laughs> right now. So we're, we're good. So what's next with that? Well, I'm hoping that as of the time of this recording, it's, it's what, uh, April 26th, 2021, hopefully pretty soon we'll be 
in a position to where we might be able to start traveling and, and speaking and talking. And I'd love to be able to kind of do that and in a way be able to be able to promote uh, bottleneck. We're really trying hard to grow that. And thankfully, it's starting to come around. Finally, the COVID thing hurt us pretty hard. And we're now we're starting to really get it on there. We've hired our first W-2 uh, employee. So that's exciting. And since the beginning of the year, I think we've hired three or maybe four new people. And I think we're really going to double down right now. I'm, I think we're starting to see some signs uh, in the market that are fairly indicative of the roaring 20s. And so I have a feeling in talking with a pretty smart individual and, and friend that it looks like we might be, be seeing some tremendous growth opportunities come up over the next couple of years. So we're going to really double down bottleneck and, and try to do our best to grow that company now so that we can support the companies as they're beginning to grow. There's a lot of stuff happening, right? A lot of money out there in the, in the world today that uh, has been kind of held up with COVID. And I think we're going to see, um, just like at the end of World War One. Uh, in 1918, there was pure devastation. But in the 20s, you saw the economy grow by about 49% with a GDP of 6.4%. And I'm seeing some clear indications that uh, we may be following along that that same path. So uh, nobody knows, but that's that's my position. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we certainly can't predict the future. No. That is very true. Uh, well, Jamie, we've, we've covered a lot of territory today about um, what's behind your new book, and the, the process of actually producing it. So again, congratulations on writing your first book. It's pretty awesome. If someone wants to learn any more about you or about Bottleneck or has any questions about what you've done with your book, where would be the best place for them to get more information, access any resources you have, or get in touch with you? Thank you. You can go to bottleneck.online. Um, you'll see right at the top, we'll have this banner going across to uh, to learn more about the book. Or you can go to bottleneck.online forward slash book, and uh, that'll take you uh, to get the latest and greatest information on the book. And yeah, that's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. And pretty soon you will quit repeating yourself. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, well, anyway, congratulations on, on the upcoming release of Quit Repeating Yourself. And thank you for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau. My guest today has been my friend, CEO and founder of Bottleneck Distant Assistance, Jamie J. Thank you again, Jamie, for joining us. Thank you, David. <laughs> when you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how you can create a company culture that will give you the foundation to grow and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.